Hello and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get real about what it takes to become the wealthiest and happiest version of you. After creating my first seven-figure year, 12 months after having my first baby, I am on a mission to show as many women as possible how they can create tons of money in their online business with the most ease and joy possible. I'm here to inspire you and guide you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fully Free Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with Emily Wilcox. Um, Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm so excited to be having this conversation because not that long ago, we had another conversation where I was on your podcast. (laughs) So everyone gets to go listen to both. Um, And I'm excited today to talk to you about money and motherhood and building multiple businesses. Like, I feel like you have a lot going on. So I'm really excited to dive into how you're doing all of that while staying really connected to like your vision and receiving mode and feminine energy and uh, all of that, that I feel like so many of us are craving. Let's do it. Those are my favorite things to talk about. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. Do you want to take a second and tell people like, Tell them what you do, but I also want people to like, know what are these different businesses that you have going on? And also like what's going on in your life? Like how many kids do you have? How old are they? Like that's, that's what we really want to know. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So the short version is this, um, I have, I, I basically birthed like two kids and two businesses sort of in parallel. So my daughter Faye is eight and right after I had her, I was working in corporate America. So I went out on maternity leave and my husband um, relentlessly convinced me to start a business with him whilst on my like tiny little corporate maternity leave. And so that company we named after my daughter, her name is Faye. We called it Faye Fair. And it was an e-commerce baby clothing company. Um, We actually just stopped running that business. So that's been going for the last eight years. That was a seven figure business. Um, selling mostly baby, baby clothing on Amazon. And, uh, my re-entry into corporate America, because it wasn't like the business just took off and immediately that was the thing. So like I was still working a full-time job then for the next three years and, you know, raising a little one and doing like the nighttime hustle sort of a thing. Um, but I really had the goal of, when I do this again, when I have a second kiddo, like I got to do it differently. I really don't want to be driving around LA with breast pumps attached to my boobs, paying someone else a thousand dollars a month to watch my kid. So did it once had that experience. It was what had to happen, but let's not repeat that. So, um, fast forward three years and I'm, you know, very pregnant with my son, JJ, I go out on maternity leave knowing that I'm not going to come back. Um, But the e-com business wasn't really big enough yet to support our family. We were, I think at the time, like doing around like 600,000 a year in revenue. Um, But like, you know, 
little baby business uh, lesson for anyone who's a new entrepreneur, gross revenue or cash collected is not the same as the amount of money that actually flows into your personal bank account, right? Mm -hmm. We were paying for advertising. We had to buy the product. I would be sending like $40,000 wire transfers to our manufacturer, and then they've got to make the product. Then they've got to ship the product to us. Then we ship it into Amazon. And we've spent that 40 grand before we sell a single one of those units. So as the business was really growing, a lot of the profits were just being reinvested into inventory. So, you know, I live in Southern California, it ain't cheap and, you know, we had to augment. And so um, one of our mentors was kind enough to help us see what we couldn't see, which is like the fact that you guys know how to sell on Amazon and that everyone in our network goes to you and asks about this is a business opportunity that is right in front of your face that you cannot see. So right as I'm having JJ, we start our agency, which is called Elevate. And that is where e-commerce brands hire us and we manage all of the sales and marketing efforts for them on the Amazon channel. Um, that is now a business that the last couple of years has done around $1.1 million in cash collected. Um, so those are the two businesses that you'll see me talk about when I talk about being like a multi seven figure business owner. And then for the last two years, I've been devoting a lot of my time and energy really to my soul work, which is coaching other women entrepreneurs on how to heal their money wounds and how to build more wealth through their business, as well as personal net worth. And um, that's a multi six figure business. So I did 240,000 in cash last year, obviously part-time because I got other things going on as well. So that's about as short as I can tell that story, but I think it answers all of your questions. It's awesome. I love it. And I saw one of your reels, like I was really stalking you. So I don't, this might be embarrassing. I don't know how far <laughs> back I went obviously to the beginning of the year. Cause it was like you recapping, like how much you made from each business last yeah. year, like by month. Number one, I love how transparent you are around the numbers because yeah. sometimes when you read that, like two, seven figure businesses, it's like, I think it's so cool. I'm like, well, what are they? Tell me the details. Yeah. Like, what are the numbers? Like it, a, it's just really cool to hear about and B the transparency is oddly hard to find. So number one, I love that about you. Loved that reel. Like Thank you. I'm like obsessed. Um, but it does like, it sounds like a lot. Like what have you learned growing these different businesses and these babies <laughs> kiddos at the same time, which I totally get like, what's that been like? Like, have there been times where you felt burnt out or that you've had to like navigate some money stuff? Like, um, you know, I think a lot of us just have that belief, like we have to be on our A game and we have to be working really hard to be making that kind of money. And it kind of feels impossible when there's like so many balls in the air sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So like all of the above, you know, yeah. um, and my, my clients hear it all the time, like my coaching clients, which is, I was majorly in my wounded masculine. That was like the only way I knew how to be. And so my corporate job, which was a nice job, I think I, you know, I was making like around 150,000 a year, plus a company car, plus the health insurance, plus the 401k and the match and all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, but I had that job like nailed down. So I was doing it in way less than 40 hours a week. I had, you know, a fair bit of time freedom. And that was the only way that it all worked because even then, like, and I'm a manager in human design. So like, we love efficiency and like how to figure out, you know, like time hack to make everything work. But my job was in sales. So I would be like all over the greater Los Angeles area. And I would make sure that I was done and back in Redondo Beach, which was near where I lived by 3 p.m. So I could go to the three o'clock CrossFit class, be done at four, be to the ba the babysitters to pick up Faye by 4.20, be home by five, have a couple hours with my daughter, like really quality time before she went to bed. And then, you know, was working on the business for a solid, you know, three hours before bedtime. Um, and Jeff and I both just really felt that like, this is how it is in a startup. Like we mm -hmm. really had the belief that like, this is normal. Of course you're working hard. Of course you're working a lot of hours. Like that's just the season of business that we're in. And it was a very like ends justify the means approach. Like you suffer now, you put in the hours now and like it pays off later. And it wasn't until, you know, I started recognizing just like myself as the upper limits problem in my businesses. And honestly, it was more when, when we started the agency, because I feel like there's something about product-based businesses where like, you can still be a hot mess and have all kinds of whack beliefs, but like sell products just fine. And then all of a sudden when you're in services and it's like, you sort of feel like you are the product. That's like when all the shit comes up, like yes. your worthiness around pricing and what it means when people say no to you and do you feel rejected? And when people do say yes and they pay you, do you feel like you have to like crazy over deliver and that you're not okay unless your clients are okay? Like all of that stuff came up. And so I started working with coaches just because like I wanted to make more money, you know, and I wanted to like grow my businesses. And so, um, you know, it was kind of a backdoor into doing a lot more inner work. Like I'd always meditated and things like that. So it wasn't like, I didn't know about the inner work, but I didn't really know how to apply it directly to business. And so I ended up doing a bunch of inner child healing, a bunch of balancing of masculine, feminine energy, and a lot of worthiness work. Um, and, you know, really had to learn for myself, like how to actually run a business in a completely different way, because I was just used to treating myself like the racehorse. And it's like, well, if it's not running fast enough, you just like get out the whip, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what a lot of us do. It's what a lot of us think. I've had this conversation a lot recently with um, clients and peers who, and I've done it too a million times where it's like, we put that, I think we put the inner work, we put the self-care, we put all the slowing down like last on the list, especially because there are busier seasons. Like I, I definitely think like starting a brand new business probably gonna be a little harder, a little busier. You're kind of trialing and erroring a lot more than a really established business. But like, 
it's interesting what can happen when you make those things like non-negotiable because they're yeah. so important. Like, yeah. what does that look like for you? Because I know something that you, you talk a lot about is being in that receiving mode, being in the feminine energy, like how I, I want to know like tangibly what that looks like for you, yeah. how you're like doing that in your life where you fit it in. And does it feel like a non-negotiable for you? Like, was that a shift you had to make or what has that been like? Yeah. So I actually really feel like this is a productivity hack in a way. So like if you're someone who really loves efficiency and all of that, there is a lot of space for feminine energy because what I started realizing is that when the masculine is just running the show, the wounded masculine, that's just doing for the sake of doing, thinking for the sake of thinking, that's not really where the the things come from that end up being the big needle movers in your business. And that's true for everybody. You know, like it wasn't like Steve Jobs got out a whiteboard and was like, let me brainstorm all of the different businesses I could start and like create a pros and cons list for all of them and do a SWOT analysis. And like, oh, turns out the computer is like the best one. <laughs> it's like anybody who's done anything great it's always started in the feminine, right? It's always yeah. started with this like divine inspiration, whether it's in the shower or out for a walk or just like feeling like, oh, this is the thing I'm so curious about. And I don't know why, but I just need to explore this. And so from that place of feminine receptivity and inspiration and creativity, then we move into the divine masculine, which is like taking a very, um, decisive aligned action. And then where people go wrong, like myself included, when we're, when we're still figuring this out is when we get into the divine masculine, we can sort of easily then like slide back into the wounded masculine where it's like, we took the really aligned action. And then now we're like, okay, now I got to like force it a little bit. I got to lean forward. Like, how do I keep this going? And Anytime you start to feel yourself like trying to like fabricate something, that's the invitation to go back into the divine feminine, like back into surrender, back into trust, back into receptivity for that next little nudge or hit or inspiration. And so it's like this dance and I work about 20 hours a week. Like that's what feels like the right balance for me in this season with my kiddos. And it's like, when I'm nailing that, which is not always, then those 20 hours are plenty. It's like when I was working 40 or 50 hours a week, it wasn't like I was, you know, double or triple productive. It's just that I was filling my time with a lot more shit because I had this belief that like I was, I had to force things forward and that I was the key to momentum. And when I switched that to like, actually God's doing like the big part of this. And the more that I'm just in co-creation and receptive and like willing to like follow instructions from my inner authority, then I actually don't have to do as much. Oh my gosh. It's so true. <laughs> and like the the like efficiency and the like potency of the things that you're doing when you're just in flow. 
Like, I mean, I've been there where it's like, you try so hard. If I'm thinking about like a coaching business, like you're really, you're writing this amazing long email based on a template and you're trying so hard and then you send it and it like sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Like it does not perform. But then like when you're just like in flow, having a great day, like probably working even less than usual. And you just like share a couple things about your program because you're so in love with it and it's so good and people just love it. Sales. Like, totally. <laughs> and I think a lot of us have experienced that, but it's just, we forget it. Like we just go back into that pattern. Like you're saying of, okay, cause that it'll work. It's like, okay, well now I got to keep doing that. Like, right. is, is that kind of what it feels like to keep that up? And then it just becomes forced again. Totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, we could talk about nervous system regulation in this conversation as well, which is like when we've been used to going at like a breakneck pace, it is going to feel unsafe and uncomfortable to slow down. And it's not because you can't get the results by going slow. It's just that it doesn't feel safe to you because you got to get your body used to that. And that was a huge undoing for me. Like before COVID, I probably spent a solid six months, maybe even closer to a year doing no work Wednesdays. And so I just blocked Wednesdays on my calendar and like wouldn't take any meetings or calls or whatever. And I first went through a phase where I wasn't honoring my own boundaries. And so then I was like annoyed that my team wasn't and that they were putting calls on my calendar, but really it was like, you know, I'm participating Mm -hmm. in this because I don't actually feel like I can honor this. And so then I tightened those up and realized what was actually going on, which was I felt crazy amounts of anxiety and I never would have labeled myself an anxious person. Like I've always been like chill, Zen, whatever, but it's like, oh, that busyness was serving me because it was masking the fact that I was like worried about the business and about what everybody on my team was doing. And so like no work Wednesdays really became like inner work Wednesdays. And it was really hard. It was really hard. Like to be reading a book and have my husband walk into the kitchen knowing that he's a part of this business and he's working today. And like, I just had all these stories about what he must think about me. And I would like force myself to go to the stables and like ride the horse. And like, while I'm riding, I'm thinking about like what's happening at work and just noticing my own mind and like how unsafe it felt to not be working. And thank God I did so much of that work before COVID because then all of a sudden it was like, listen up. You will not be working as many hours as you have in the past because things are about to change all at once. Hey, you guys, real quick, I need to take a minute and tell you about Transparent Sales, the membership. This is a new offering in my business that I am so excited to be posting and running and inviting you into today. So, This is literally the most no-brainer way to work with me that I have offered in years, maybe even ever. It's $97 a month and you are getting four pieces of content from me per month, all designed to support you in making way more money from your content, having a way more profitable business, 
creating sales with so much more ease and selling out your offers no matter the price point. So this way of doing content and selling and marketing is going to help you sell out your own membership, your own low ticket offers, but also high ticket offers. So inside the membership, you'll find women who are selling out $1,000 courses, $300 courses, memberships, $20,000 coaching packages. It helps you with all of that. We are going into your email marketing strategy, your social media strategy, Instagram stories and posts and Facebook and all the things. We'll talk about podcasting and we'll talk about hosting content events like your own free trainings. Um, It's just going to be really, really good. You guys, there's four drops a month. So every month you're going to get a content plan for me where I'm saying, here's what I would be doing this month. Here's where I would be showing up. Here's how much, here's the angles I would do. Here's like how much I would sell and the ways that I would sell. Also every month you're going to get a new piece of curriculum from me. So this is a super actionable training to help you create better content. Um, also every month you will get a Q and a, so there will be an opportunity to submit any questions that you have for me, and then I will answer them for you. Um, and then finally every month, something I'm really excited to do is give you access to my content insights. So we will be taking a look at my own podcast stats, my Instagram stats, my email stats. And I want to do this because I think so often we're trying to replicate what's working for others and you actually don't know what's working for them. So I'm actually going to show you, here's what you saw me do. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's my takeaways. Here's what I'm doing differently or the same moving forward because of that. There's a Facebook community. Anyway, you guys, I could go on and on and on, but I want to get back into the episode. So just go to thetaylorlee.com slash membership. Again, it's literally $97 a month. There's so much content waiting for you already and an incredible group of women in there thetaylorlee.com slash membership. And I'm super excited to celebrate you joining us. All right, back into the episode. I was thinking that I was like, wow, that seems like very divine timing to do that kind of work at that like level of intensity. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Well, that's good. I feel like that probably really benefited you, but, um, no, that's, that's exactly what I see in myself and, and in clients is like, it just, it's sometimes sense, but it's, it's what you said. It just doesn't feel safe to do nothing. And yeah. also a lot of us, when, when you're given that advice or you hear this conversation, it's like, you might even think, well, what does that mean? <laughs> I've had right. that conversation with a friend where we're like, how do you do nothing? Like, what does that yeah. mean? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. And I, and you know, you'll get this cause you've got young yeah. kiddos, but like, this is like kid medicine. Okay. Like <sighs> kids are sent to us to show us how to slow the F down. Like they will not be rushed. Mm-mm. You can try and you will create a lot of stress in your household, but like, they just don't care. And they're not willing to have this like external pressure around something because it actually doesn't matter. And like what they want to do is often the important thing. It's like the adults that have it wrong. Mm. And when we're willing to like get on their level and be like, oh, they're prioritizing fun right now. They're prioritizing curiosity. They're like in the present moment. Hmm. 
<laughs> okay, could I like maybe try a little bit of that and see how that goes? Oh my gosh, that's so good. I was going to ask like about this of like what's like what have you learned from your kids? What have you learned from being a mom and navigating businesses while being a mom? And that's like such a good one. And I've like really tried to notice too, like the things that, cause I can be like, let's just say you're trying to get out of the door for an appointment with two kids <laughs> and it's like, takes so long. Um, and it can be really frustrating, right? It's like, why can't you just let me put your shoes on? It would take two seconds. Why do we have to take yeah. 10 minutes to do this? But it's noticing like, why is that so frustrating for me? Oh, because I think we're in a rush. I think it needs to be go, 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 go. I think that taking the time to practice this or put your own shoes on or make sure you have the right toy for the car is, you know, just like, we just need to get where we're going. Right. So it's so interesting to notice, like, yeah, why is that so triggering for me? Why is this thing so triggering for me right now? I, I do a lot of that with my own like parenting because I think we forget to do that. Oh, totally. And, it, and yeah. it's like, why did I only leave myself the exact amount of time in order to get to my appointment right on time? Like who's, who can actually take responsibility for this? Uh -huh. And, you know, this is something that I've had to work through. Cause again, it's like that Manny Jen, like conditioning around efficiency. It's like, no, I want to get five things done before the moment that I have to leave for this appointment. But I'm like, what if being early, like is on time. And what if being early actually gives us the grace to enjoy the journey? Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure you notice this with your kids too, but like when you're in a rush, you don't enjoy the car ride either. Like everything your kids do just freaking annoys you. And like anytime you hit a red light, whatever, it's like a whole different energy. And then when we're running early, we're like listening to podcasts or it's like we, we round Robin, like who gets to pick which song. And we like have all these really sweet memory making moments. And there's such lessons in that because again, with yeah. our business, like how often are we like rushing to the destination and hating every minute of the journey? And it's like, we get to choose. And that's like the funny thing about entrepreneurship is like, you're actually in charge and you still create things you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's kind of the question is like, why do we do that? But it's kind of what you're saying. It's just this patterning. It's like what we think we have to do. Yeah. We're, I, I was thinking about this recently where I feel like we, I was just noticing how we, um, when we start our businesses, it's so we don't have to follow anyone else's rules, but then we actually start our businesses and we are still following other people's rules. And it's totally. like sometimes even worse than just having a corporate job where at least you have like hours. You have a boss you can blame. Yeah. Isn't that fun when you're like, my boss sucks. My boss is me. Yeah. <laughs> the worst boss, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Okay. Perfect. So, um, it's like, do I want to ask you about relationships? Do I want to ask you about kids? I feel like that these are the conversations I love to have that my people just love. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about kids while we're on the subject and like, what has that been like for you of, have, did you notice any like limiting beliefs around money come up while you're like, especially maybe like adding in a second child and like now it's even more, 
Because I feel like we have these stories that we have to be on our A game. Like Mm. our brain has to be working really well. We have to be efficient. Like you said, we have to be really productive. We have to get everything done. I think it's so easy to blame like having kids as like this issue that like now we Mm. can't do that. Like, trust me right now, like the fact (laughs) that I'm having a baby next month, I'm like, my brain doesn't work. (laughs) Right. You're like, uh, I'm not just pulling this question out of my ass. <laughs> I'm, I'm pregnant right now. I'm having these thoughts. No. Um, I mean, interestingly, I feel like babies really bring abundance and really change your perspective and open up this real creative portal that just allows you to restructure things like sort of in an instant. Um, and I don't know, like, as you were asking the question, I'm like, did I have a bunch of beliefs around like kids are expensive and whatever? And like, I mean, they are expensive for sure. There's no doubt about that. But oddly, I, what my experience has been is that like, somehow you just do it. And like, we really didn't know how we were going to afford, you know, thousands of dollars a month for childcare. And then somehow you do it. And like the money rises to the occasion. And now we're like in this place where we also spend probably about a thousand dollars a month in just kids, extracurricular activities as well. And again, it's like, it wasn't in the budget, but somehow you're like, sure. 180 a month for violin, no problem. Sure, 170 a month for jujitsu. Oh, the sibling wants to join jujitsu now too. Okay. And like you're just like doing it a little bit at a time. And then pretty soon you're like, wow, this is like a grand a month on this stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't, I mean, I just think that like you shouldn't put off having kids or like let money be the thing and just trust that the money sort of comes and it all works out. Um, but as someone who just made their last preschool payment ever, I do feel really excited about like, Oh, cool. So now like we have an extra thousand dollars freed up every month that feels really exciting. Like, can we do something fun with that rather than just have it, you know, go to weird nebulous lifestyle things that we don't necessarily notice? Like, what would it look like if that was like a $12,000 a year that we like intentionally invested in something, some sort of money multiplying vehicle? So I'm, I feel like I'm like kind of getting to the other side of it where it's actually recouping some, some costs related to kids. I love that. No, I feel like it can really like, um, I don't think this is the right way to say it. Increase your why. (laughs) What am I trying to say? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Like it can help you really get connected to what your why is and seeing more of a reason to make more money, which is kind of another question that I have for you. Um, and I love what you're getting into too, of like, it sounds like you're someone who really is looking at the money of whether it's like, okay, we're spending thousand dollars a month on preschool or $1,200 a month on extracurricular. Cool. Oh, now we're not. How do I, how can I intentionally use that money for something that really excites me and lights me up? Like being very purposeful with your money can like make quite the difference. What does that look like for you? 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like, hold on loosely, don't let go kind of a vibe. Um, having a budget has never worked for me. Like being really focused on like line item after line item. Yeah. It's, it's sort of triggering for me because like in, in my work, I, I look at things through the lens of like money wounds and there are six different wounds. We all have, you know, at least a few of them. And for me, one of my top ones, um, I want to say historically, but it's like, it's also the one that would be most likely to flare up. So I kind of know what to be careful around is the safe money wound. And the safe money wound can have a lot of like hoarder energy around it, where it's like, we're really tying our safety and our well-being to how much money is in the bank account. So it's like, for me, naturally, it will feel better to hold on to the money and forego a purchase than make the purchase and let the money leave. <laughs> so because of that, like if I get, if I were to get too much into budgeting, it's like, I'm going to start to be like, we can cut this and we can cut that and we'll just keep all the money and we'll just never spend anything. Right. And that's not healthy. Mm. Um, whereas I have clients who have more avoidant energy around money. Typically they have like either a disappearing money wound or a money trust wound. So it's like, they don't trust the money or they don't trust themselves with the money. Mm. And so they don't want to log into their bank account. They don't want to be looking at their expenses. And so for them, it's like, yeah, taking a little closer look and being more in relationship with the circulation and like having a bit more of a finger on the pulse is going to be really healthy. <laughs> so for me, it's kind of like, I do want to know. And I try to be more in the energetics of it. And like the gratitude of where the money is going and really like creating trust and safety around the circulation. And again, talking about motherhood, kids are so good at giving us like the right perspective or lens to look at things through because it's like, I, I just know in 10 years from now, I wouldn't look back at this time and be like, Oh, I'm so glad we saved all that money by not having the kids in violin and jujitsu and, you know, softball. Mm -hmm. No, it's like, I'm going to look back so fondly on all of those things and the people that we met through those experiences and the skills that our kids gained and just like the bonding moments that happened on those drives and during those lessons and watching those games and all that stuff. So it's like, oh yeah, we actually enjoy the money by spending it. There's actually not that much enjoyment with it just sitting in the account accumulating. So good. I love that. So as someone who does so much work with money and is aware of all these different money wounds that people can have and what yours are, how like, do you have like a money routine? Like how often are you looking at your money or... What does that look like for you? Yeah, it's it's not super routine because it, in the money wounds work, it's so much about tapping into like the underlying energetics because 
it's like any action can be good or wounded, right? It's like, is it coming yeah. from a place of sovereignty or is it coming from a wounded place? And so I just really have to like check in with myself and know the feeling of me being in my sovereignty with money mm. and know what it feels like when I'm coming from like a wounded and triggered place. And so I'm going to take different actions in those sense in, in that. Right. So, um, if I'm starting to feel like logging into my bank account, for example, or even just spending money, if that's starting to feel like I'm getting grippy around that, then the routine, so to speak, needs to change, right? Like I need to be upping my celebrations around money, my trust with money. I need to be, maybe I'll do some journaling or visualizing, just remembering that money is actually coming from source. It's not actually really coming from my business or coming from my clients or like all of these 3D things that feel so true. Yeah. And so my money activity might really look a lot more like trusting, grounding, anchoring, being in communion with, um, whereas when I'm in a different place where it's like money is feeling so good, it's feeling so effortless, it's feeling like it's just really flowing in and I'm trusting it, then I might be spending more time looking at like how to multiply it and how to put in place like some fun structures so that the money is making money and it's just going to look different and feel different. So I don't really believe in routines per se around anything. I get bored. Like if you tell me I have to meditate at a certain time every day, or I have to journal or script, it's like my little inner rebel is like, no, I will not. And you don't have to tell me, but <laughs> I also don't want to do anything out of obligation yeah. or believing that like, this is the one thing that is like the secret mm -hmm. ingredient, like the secret ingredient to me. And of course, things are going to change over time because we're always growing and evolving. And I love how you're honoring like where you're at and how you're feeling and then kind of doing the actions that are aligned with that phase that you're in at that time instead of like, I think a lot of us, it's easy to be like, I feel weird with money or I feel tight or whatever it is. And, it, and then we make it a problem. And instead of right. like just doing the work and leaning into it and noticing it, we're just annoyed at ourselves about it, which right. does nothing. And then right. it, well, it does stop. It does something. It builds for me, it builds a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of spiraling and right. more avoidance or whatever the pattern is, you know? So right. I love, I mean, that's what I heard with what you were sharing was like yeah. noticing just where you're at with it in this time, not making it wrong. And then doing actions that are aligned to that and are going to support yeah. you, not even like fix anything, just support you. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think what you're saying is so valid, which is like the noticing is important. Like yeah. I would call that the diagnosing. So it's like, oop, having a little flare up with this money wound, like <laughs> good to notice that. But then it's like, well, are we going to keep doing the thing or like focusing on the wound or can we shift to the medicine? Mm. And, and I think like how quickly you're able to notice and then like shift to the solution is kind of true of like every aspect of business. Like the faster you can do that, you will exponentially change 
the course of the outcome. You know, it's like Abraham Hicks says, the the vibration of the problem is so different than the vibration of the solution. Mm. So it's like, as long as we're focused on the problem, like we can't get to the solution from problem consciousness, not possible. I love that. And I love that you called it the medicine. It just, it just feels different. And that's the whole point, right? Is how does it feel and following that. And so kind of a similar question, but different, I would love to hear. So that's kind of on like looking at your bank account, looking at what's going in and out. Like what does money feel like to you right now in terms of like, whether you think of it as like setting a goal for how much you want to make, or just like letting yourself go after creating a lot of money because you are making a lot of money in your businesses, like separately and combined. So I'm, I'm curious, like what's, what that feels like to you right now, what feels aligned for you with like money goals, wanting Mm -hmm. a lot of money, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I definitely do have money goals. Um, and it just looks really different. You know, I used to like set the goal and then be like, what do I have to do to make it happen? And so, and now I focus more on like, how do I make that feel safe? How do I make it feel normal? Um, and you know, you and I talked a lot on my podcast about how, like both of us are going through kind of a transition in our businesses, like with how it feels good to sell, what it feels good to sell. And so I don't know about for you, but for me, that's resulted in less income coming Mm -hmm. in than there was. Right. And so that can feel really triggering. Not going to lie. Like Mm -hmm. you get used to a certain amount of money and then all of a sudden it's like a smaller amount. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I don't want to normalize that. I don't want to get used to the smaller amount. And I also don't want to take action from this vibration of lack. And so in this little mini season, it's been the quote unquote money work has actually been like shifting focus away from the facts of money right now in my business and shifting more focus on what I know is coming trusting what's already been created in the quantum, knowing that it's on its way into the 3D, really reminding myself of like where I've followed my intuition and that uh, a friend of mine who's also in this industry, when I was talking about how like, I can't make myself like sell the old way. And she's like, that's because the old way like actually wouldn't even work anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was like a helpful little shift because I sort of had the belief that the old way was still working and that I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Mm. And so some of these things like may sound unrelated. I sort of hope that everyone listening is like following this, like weaving together of these thoughts, but it's like, I think there's actually a lot of, a lot of wisdom and being what's being shared here, which is like, sometimes the money work is really about shifting the energy away from money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's like, I'm continually reminding myself of like why I'm doing this work and that like I'm birthing a new paradigm like for myself and for others. And so of course the money will come, 
But if I keep focusing on how much money is coming right this second, it's actually not going to feel good and it's not going to be productive. So good. I, I feel, I mean, I was following along. I'm like, yes, I feel you. And I think a lot of people listening are going to get exactly what you mean. And I think it ties so well with what you were just saying earlier too, of like frequency of the problem is so much different than frequency of the solution. Not even that there, sometimes we make it a problem. Like I've had to do right. that a lot this year as I've been pivoting intentionally right? Um, and navigating a lot of new stuff. That's like, oh, wow. I didn't even know. I feel like creating a seven figure business. It was like all, there were all these like patterns and fears and stuff that I had to work through. And I did, obviously I was like, nailed that. Like, here we are. And then it was like this whole other level of like, oh, I didn't even realize I had those fears. Like before I would have gotten there, I would have thought once I was, once I'm there, like that's never going to come up. I can't relate to that at all. Um, so of course, navigating stuff like that and really having to remember, like, actually there isn't a problem. Like this is not a problem. This is not a panic situation. Like this is literally just a phase, like a pivot, uh, whatever, like literally just a period of time that looks a little different because we're changing things up. Like just like not giving it so much meaning because so true just as it doesn't have any meaning. It just has the meaning you give it. So I'm I'm choosing to just be like, give it good meaning or just no meaning. Like this is just a period of time I'm building. Well, and this is part of the reason that I feel so strongly about talking about money and with transparency, kind of bringing it back to what you were sharing at the beginning. Um, You know, I was just in Egypt and I was with 16 other women, none of whom I knew until going on this trip. And of course, like, you know, you make these deep, friendships and connections right away. And I was talking to, um, one woman there and she was like, wait, so like $15,000 a month in your coaching business is like your minimum. Like that amount just comes in every month, even if you don't sell anything. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God. Like she's like, and you've only been doing this two years. And it was like such a helpful reminder, Mm. but my story around that number is really different than her story. Mm-hmm. And if I would have hidden that number because I was afraid to say it, I wouldn't have been able to have that conversation. And w- when you were talking about the reel that I created, where I said like how much money I made every month, and you were talking about how different it feels to have a seven figure business than the way that you think it's going to feel. Look, creating that reel, it's not like I'm in this place where it's like money is so easy to talk about all the time that I don't have any stories around those numbers that I just feel super proud and I'm just flaunting it. Like that is actually not how it feels in my body. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I have stories. I have, you know, my brain likes to go to all the evidence of all the people who are ahead of me and like why these numbers actually aren't that big or aren't that good. And so it's a practice and a choice to continue talking about it anyway. And all of us have that available to us. And it doesn't just go away with time. Like spoken from two seven-figure business owners here, like you hit that number and you still have stories. And the story isn't just like, I'm a fucking badass. I made it. I'm never going to worry about money again. 
everyone come look at my seven figure bank account. Mm -hmm. Like I promise you that is actually not how it feels. (laughs) (laughs) No. And it's such a gift to let yourself be vulnerable and be transparent because like of that example of the conversation that you got to have with that woman that you met, like, like, like you were saying, like, if you would have not just let yourself say the number, yeah, you probably would have held on to whatever feeling you were holding on to around that number. Yes. But then when you just let yourself say it, it's like, either it's reflected back to you in such a different, like beautiful way, like she did, or even when someone else can just be like, oh my God, I feel exactly like that. Cause we right. make, we make us just the exception, right? Right. Like, oh yeah, but there's, you know, it, I have so many clients that have other businesses and income streams and they have a million reasons why, because I'll be like, that's so cool. Cause it's like a goal of mine, right? right like I just right. have this business for the most part. I don't make very much from other things at this point. But so when I hear the people are, I'm like, oh my God, like drooling. And they're like, well, but there's this thing or it's more expensive or I have a partner involved in it. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I want to learn, like, I want to hear about it. I want to learn about it. It's so cool. But if you don't let yourself just say how you feel and be kind of vulnerable, you never get that like reflection back or even just, you know, the like, yep, I feel the exact same way. You're like, okay, good. I'm not alone in that, which can also be so healing and freeing for so many reasons. So yeah, it's very uncomfortable. I think, cause we always think we're the exception, but it just, it feels really good to let yourself do. Totally. And what you were talking about, like all of the stories that we have that diminish the money, yeah. it's like, you want to know how you're diminishing your wealth, try and freaking talk about it with someone else. <laughs> and you will hear words like spilling out of your mouth, like, oh, but it's not as profitable or it's harder and it's this or it's that. And it's like, Wow. Do you think more money wants to flow to you when it's already pouring in and you're like, "Uh, it doesn't really count because it's from this method that I don't really like. Or it only happened once. I didn't do it again. Or yes, I had a big month, but then I had a client drop. Like it's like, oh, there's always a but instead of just like celebrate and let it be good. And yes, like we can look at the other pieces too or whatever, but a lot of the time that's just us diminishing it. Like you said. Totally. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I feel like we just go on that topic for like ever. <laughs> yes. Whole podcast episode around how to not diminish the money that's already coming to you. <laughs> Part two coming soon, you guys. No, this was such a good conversation. Thank you so much for just like everything that you shared today, I think is going to be so helpful for so many and and such a good conversation. I'm grateful to, to get to have with you today. So thank you so much, Emily. You are so welcome. Thank you for creating the platform for it. These are like my favorite talks to have. Oh, I love it. Awesome. You guys. Well, I hope that you love this episode as much as I did and I will Oh, actually pregnancy brain. I want to make sure everyone knows where to follow you. (laughs) We always link to it. So don't worry. But, um, like I said, you guys, I was on Emily's podcast. Can you tell everyone what your podcast is called so they can find it? Yeah. So it's the M makes money show. M makes money show. And also I would follow her on Instagram. Yes. At M makes money. (laughs) You're noticing a theme. It's very easy to find me. And we'll link all the other places and her website and all the things below as well for you guys. Yeah. And the last thing I'll that. say to you yeah. is just, I do have a free money wounds quiz and it's just moneywoundsquiz.com. So if you're curious about what money wounds you have, since we were talking yes. about it in this conversation, um, that's a great place to go. I'm curious about it. 
<laughs> so good. I love it. Thank you so much, you guys. And I will talk to you all in next week's episode. Bye guys. Real quick before you go, if this episode gave you value, got you inspired, or has you feeling more confident than ever about your big goals, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a review? It would mean the absolute world to me, and it helps other powerhouse women just like you find this show, which is truly the best gift that you could ever give me. So thank you in advance for leaving a five-star review. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.